This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Wow. Here we are, January 7th. 2015, I guess, slash January 8th. It is episode 87 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, eager to get the show on the road, is my lovely co-host, Brittany Page. Lots of news today. A lot going on. Of unfortunate on. news. Yeah. Um, before we get to that, though, as we do, I want to talk about... The unfortunate circumstances surrounding my need for dental work. Mm, never fun. <laughs> well, no. And I don't know. I don't really have a phobia of going to the dentist. Mm -hmm. What I have is I had a root canal that was performed by the Veterans Administration, which should tell you something about how quality the work was. It's like performed in quotations because yeah, right. it uh, took a long time. When people talk about practicing medicine and they have to practice it because they're just not good at it, mm -hmm. that would relate to the VA, I think. Right. Because they are really just practicing on me. Well, and how many appointments did you have to get this one root canal done? I believe three, and they were at least two hours apiece. Right. So it, six hours. For one tooth. For one root canal. I could have done it myself. Apparently the root was just massive. Right. It was it went down to the, the, the balls of my feet. Right. Terrible. So anyway, I never did they only at that time, I don't know what their situation is now, but at that time they only did the root canal. They wouldn't put the crown on it. Right. And because I'm a lazy turd, I never went back to get the crown. Mm -hmm. And now it's rubbed down it's it's kind of wore down to like a nub and <laughs> I need a crown put on. It's It sounds like it. It's desperate times calling for desperate measures. And it is desperate times and desperate measures when I voluntarily decide I have to go to the dentist. Oh, well, I love the dentist. Well, I've had bad... You're telling me you've never had bad experiences at no, a dentist's office? No, of course I have. I've because had a terrible experience. I remember as a kid... And this, this is a, a time that will always stick with me. And I wonder if this asshole still practices dentistry... If that's the, I guess that's the term. Mm -hmm. Because I was in the chair and he was jamming the giant elephant needle uh. into my, into my, my gums. Uh. And I whimpered. Now I was probably in fifth, I lived in Missouri, so I was probably in fifth grade. And rather than console me or, ah, it's okay. He said, ah, quit being a little girl. Wow. He was a dick to me. Wow, that's so pretty insane. That has always stuck with me, and I'm I'm not afraid of needles. I uh, I'm not. It doesn't. They don't bother me. But I always, every time I go to the dentist, I have to relive that guy being an asshole. You're worried that your dentist is going to call you a little girl as an adult <laughs> man. 
That's like a real fear for you. I, I don't know if I, that is a phobia that I'm I'm actually processing, mm-hmm. but it is something I think about every single time I go to the dentist. Right. Well, I love the dentist and I've loved the dentist since I was a kid because when you're a welfare kid, there's very few free things that you usually get. Right. I got free toothpaste, free toothbrush. You get free vaccinations, too, but you're not keen on those, are you? Free floss. I got all these amazing (laughs) things. You're in it for the treats. Right. I got all these good treats and I would go and get my teeth cleaned and I loved getting my teeth cleaned. I thought it was fun and it felt good to have clean teeth afterward. And there was one time, though, where, you know, I was a terrible little kid and I loved sugar. In fact, there were many times where in the middle of the night I would sneak into the kitchen and hide in the cupboard and just eat spoonfuls of sugar. Yeah, my little brother used to do that. He called it um, sugar milk or syrup milk. (laughs) It would be just a glass of milk with like as... A super saturated glass of milk with sugar. Like, the sugar would no longer dissolve in the milk. That sounds delicious. There's so much sugar in there. Like a sugar milkshake. Right, right. That sounds amazing. (laughs) So you you would just chow down on the sugar. Right, and so I had at one point like four cavities in my baby teeth. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've had a cavity since my my real teeth have grown in. Either have I, either have I. But my baby teeth were just rotting out of my head. And (laughs) so I went in and I was getting a filling... And the dentist gave me a numbing shot and then he started trying to work on me again. And I was like, no, 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 no. This hurts. You know, it's not working. Please, you know. And so he gave me another one, still didn't numb, gave me another one, still wasn't numb. This happens to me almost every time I get I get Novocaine. Right. And, you know, it's not fun to get those shots. They hurt. They're in your gum. It's a giant needle. It's not a terrible feeling. Even when it doesn't hurt because the the anesthetic has kicked in. The, even the pressure of knowing there's a needle yeah. in inside of you yeah. is unnerving. Yeah, it's like a dull, lingering yeah, yeah. thing. Even if it's not pain, it's still, it's it's anxiety. Right, and so the dentist, after the third time, I said, listen, it's still not numb. You know, I didn't say it like this because right. I was a little kid, but I'm like, it's still not numb. It hurts, it hurts. Yeah, and he said, you're lying. You're being a liar. And I said... <laughs> uh, no, maybe, I'm, maybe we have the same dentist. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not <laughs> lying. What do you want me? I just want a bunch of shots in my gum. Like, that's right. something that I enjoy. No. Well, this happens to me all the time. And I don't know how much of the scientific literature that dentists have to be up on. You would think a lot because you can get heart disease from having dirty teeth. I mean, you can. Right. It can damage you in your health. Um, but. The way I understand it is redheads have a higher um, resistance, I guess, to to anesthetics and hmm. the pain medicine. Hmm. So they have to amp the dose. It's weird. I don't know how true that is, but it's something I've read several times, so I've just taken it as fact. I wonder if it's also pale people, because I'm included in that. Yeah. Is it just the pale skin you're, and the freckles? You're like transparent. You're so pale. You're like a jellyfish. Um... You're pretty pale. I feel like that was unnecessary. No, but it's true. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm well, very fair-skinned. A lot fair-skinned. of things that are true might be unnecessary, but they, they're they still true. Yeah, well, I'm very fair-skinned. And Which I... means when you're 80, you're going to be looking good. Right, because I don't tan. Right. And I've never tanned. I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> and so that's another good deterrent, I guess. It'll keep my skin looking youthful. I tan up pretty good. 
Yeah. Not like, you know... Uh, you can quit bragging. Well, not like, what's his name? There's the actors. I, I don't look like uh, Boehner, mm-hmm. like John Boehner or anything. Like, I just stepped out of oh a, my God. a tanning salon. Yeah, he... That's going to be a situation. His wife doesn't look all that... Uh, she looks like the tanning mom or whatever from Jersey. Tan mom, yeah. yeah they, the tan mom. <laughs> they are going to have some serious skin problems. Unless those are just spray tans because they very well. If you uh, don't, listen, if, if for the audience, if you don't know and you want to see some pictures, just Google, do a Google, Google image search for John Boehner and wife and uh, let the fun begin because it's a... Uh, going to be a bunch of creamsicles popping up (laughs) those are the orange crush ones right 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 i don't know anyway i hope they are spray tans because tanning beds are terrible for you yeah and if you're still one of those people that is tanning in tanning beds because you feel like you need to be tanned to be attractive please stop because you're going to get skin cancer and it's not that important being attractive is not that important (laughs) it's not worth cancer no 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 it's not so just be pale and be happy with your jellyfish like skin pale is not unattractive you know people say that you look more you know you have more definition in your muscles when you're tan you look a little better i get those things you know it looks better i guess in pictures too i don't know but it's also just like what we've constructed as a society. There's there's other cultures, Europe, that don't value as much tan skin in women. Yeah, I don't know that to be true or false. So oh, but but maybe I, I'm look, just wrong. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But I, I don't know how we even got on this. But um, I don't think that being super tan. I think there's you know a, a healthy glow to one's skin is good, but. There's certainly there's overkill. I mean, right. when you get into snooky territory, it's not good anymore. Right. So orange. Right. So on, unfortunately, with the topic of the day, um, and again, shout out to Twitter. Last night, actually early this morning, because I don't sleep much. Early this morning, I was on Twitter and found out about the the current goings-on in our ally country, France. The offices of Charlie Hebdo, a satirical magazine, was attacked by uh, a group, I guess, at least three, they're saying at this point, terrorists, armed terrorists with AK-47s, and multiple people were killed. Twelve. Twelve people. Two police officers who had the duty of guarding the offices because they needed a guard. And ten employees, including the editor, Stefan Charbonnet, who had... This office had been attacked or there had been threats um, years ago. And this brings a lot of... A lot of topics to the forefront both about Islamists and the, the literal, real threat that they pose in our, in our world today, and about free speech, and about how much we should curtail ourselves in the wake of these tragedies. Before we, before we the, the mics went hot, Brittany gave me an admonition to, to keep my language to my foul language as it were to a minimum 
and I am I'm trying. It is I'm very very angry about this, and and not just because it's terrorism, and not just because it's an American ally, but because it's free speech, and they're attacking a fundamental right that not only obviously because of the show, but because we all as humans should have the right to speak our minds and to to have the freedom to express ourselves in whatever manner we, we, we see fit. As long as we're not physically harming someone, our ideas should be allowed to be expressed without fear of death or maiming or general mayhem. I'm a little disappointed in several media outlets right now. There is a list. Brittany compiled a list. It's not comprehensive. I'm sure there's others. But the list of, of media outlets that are choosing, that are choosing to not publish and republish the cartoons that were previously published by Charlie Hebdo, um, it is l a lot larger than the list of media outlets that are choosing to choosing to publish them. Right. So the Telegraph and the New York Daily News have been reporting on this, obviously, but what they are doing is blurring the images of the Muhammad cartoons. Ugh. So they are showing um, the editor holding up the cartoons. I, you know, these are old pictures of right. the editor holding the magazine up and they are blurring the cartoons. Now, right. I'm, I'm going to keep using the word cartoons because I would like to emphasize that 12 people were killed today because of cartoons. 12 people with families. And, and even if they didn't have families, they're human beings who drew cartoons. Of the prophet. Of their prophet. I'm very tired of, and we haven't even talked about this today. I'm very tired of the word the prophet Muhammad, like he's the only prophet. Joseph Smith, he was a prophet. Elijah, he was a prophet. Well, there's living prophets right now. Yeah, the, the, the current president of the Mormon church is a prophet. He's not the prophet, the prophet Muhammad. He's, he's a prophet. He's one of many prophets amongst many flavors of different religions. He deserves no more respect, and in some cases, zero respect... Because he did have sex, marry and have sex with a nine-year-old girl. And he was a barbarous murderer. Facts are tough. They're tough things. So the New York Times is also choosing not to display the cartoons. Right. And they explained their decision to not show the images in an email that said, Under Times standards, we do not normally publish images or other material deliberately intended to offend religious sensibilities. <laughs> After careful consideration, Times editors decided that describing the cartoons in question would give readers sufficient information to understand today's story. Right. Right. Because when you go to the New York Times, the pages of the of the, the old gray lady or whatever the nickname for that paper is, and you really want to get your mind around what's going on, what caused this. Because as humans, we like to understand. We like to put the pieces together. And we want to know what, what was the cause 
of this murderous rampage by these people? Did did this paper kidnap and rape their families and they wanted justice? No, they they drew goofy, poorly drawn cartoons. That's that was the so they get the death penalty because of that. Associated Press, AP, is also choosing not to display the images. They said, none of the images distributed by AP showed cartoons of Prophet Muhammad. It's been our policy for years that we refrain from moving deliberately provocative images. And, of course, they are not the only major news outlet. CNN is also reportedly showing pixelated images of the cartoons. Cowards. And they said, as this distressing story continues to evolve, we are actively discussing the best way of addressing the key issues and images across all of our platforms. And in addition to CNN, you also have ABC News, CBS News, MSNBC, NBC News, CNBC, and... And the New York Daily News. Yeah, I think I started with oh. those. But So that's not an exhaustive list, but that that's pretty much... Major news outlets. Right. And so who are bending to the will of ruthless, brutal terrorists, murderers. Right. And just uh, three news outlets that I found, uh, you know, I didn't search that hard and I didn't go to, you know, really obscure sources. But the three that I found that are publishing the cartoons, all of them, not censoring them, not pixelating them. Right. USA Today, The Daily Beast, and Fox News. Good for them. Good for them. It's important. Well, it's like you were saying. They're the news. They're supposed to report on what's happening. Well, how are we supposed to get our heads around exactly what's going on? You're not reporting the entire story if you're choosing not to produce or or publish the offending article. If you say, oh, well, there were just some cartoons that eh, they were they kind of made him mad and they went and murdered a bunch of people. You're you're showing video of the 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 marauders. You're showing video of the murderers, but you won't show the cartoon that sent them into a murderous rampage. Right. And so for people that may not understand kind of why this happened, the religion of Islam, Muslims, right. are not allowed to depict the Prophet Muhammad in art, in anything, right? right? He's not supposed to be depicted. That's right. Because he is sacred. Right. And Despite marrying and having sex with a nine-year-old girl. And so this magazine, you know, depicted him in pornographic poses or doing things that, you know, would upset them sure and they also drew pictures of the isis leader i'm not sure what his name is Baghdadi. yeah one of the main isis people um they kind of intertwined some homosexual stuff in here too um because that's patently offensive extra offensive to muslims right and so you know it's it's pretty upsetting stuff to muslims but the whole point of this is you know it's ridiculous it's a cartoon. It's a drawing. Right. And, you know, it's unfortunate that a belief system calls for the death of people that disrespect disrespect their prophet. Right. Well, what we're not hearing is why should Muhammad not be drawn? Why? Why not? Give me a reason other than your fantasy book, 
your book of mythology says so. What if, what if in their book and in their belief system and in their religious tradition, it said, you can't paint a blue brick because it's just not good. And if you do, we're going to murder you. Should everybody abstain from painting a blue brick? It's just as arbitrary. Right. And there, there is something to be said for, I mean, how are we supposed to appease these people? I mean, you know, if we don't draw photos of Prophet Muhammad, but we talk about him in a way that upsets them, they're still going to be angry. There's still going to be a reaction. So if we try to meter the way that we talk about him, we're still never going to appease them. They're never going to be happy. There's nowhere where we can find that line right. to make them happy. And the whole point of this is, is we shouldn't have to worry about this in the first place. It's just words. It's just right. cartoons. It doesn't matter. Why do you feel so threatened by it? Right. Well, if your faith is so strong... If your religion is so rock solid and correct, why the need to murder other human beings because they challenged it? Because the truth is the truth. If you question that gravity exists, no one's going to kill you because gravity exists whether you believe in it or not. If your religion is really truly that real and that correct, then shouldn't it stand on its own? It just doesn't make sense. So back to the media thing. And it really does bother me that these these media outlets, the New York Daily News, the New York Times, the Telegraph, the AP, CNN, ABC News, CBS, MSNBC, NBC, and CNBC, all of these media outlets are trading a, a very sacred thing within journalism, and that's the freedom of the press and the freedom of, of speech. The AP, when they give their statement saying that, well, we're not going to we're not going to publish them because oh, it's offensive. But they did publish a, a, a piece of art, quote unquote, but who's to say what art is and is not entitled Piss Christ. Right. And it's a photo from 1989, but they were evidently selling prints of it and the work of art is called piss christ piss christ like, like taking a piss yes yeah and it is a photograph of a crucifix in a vat of the photographer's urine right and the ap would have sold it to you except for when people started criticizing this on twitter saying oh wait you won't publish the photos of prophet muhammad but you have jesus here on a cross in a vat of urine being pissed on. Right. And well, why uh, is that okay to put up? How many people died because of that? I'm just curious. I'm not sure. I think the answer is zero. I don't have a record of that. Yeah, I think the answer is zero. It's But the whole problem with that is none of it none of it matters. You you can display that. Display all of it. Display right. all of it. Well, my problem is that they're they're choosing no they're they're being cowards. And there's no way around it. They're being cowards. We're not going to we're gonna we're gonna publish pictures of piss Christ, of of a crucifix with a dying Jesus in a vat of the author's or the artist's urine. We'll do that because no one's gonna die. 
no one's going to take rifles and machine guns into to, into the editorial offices of the Associated Press and go on a murderous, bloodletting rampage. No one's going to do that. But if you draw a cartoon of the child-molesting Mohammed with a bomb for a hat, which does invoke a satirical statement, it makes a statement... But we're not going to do that because there are gun-wielding maniacs. We're going to, to bow to pressure, and we're going to forego our freedom of speech because we're cowards. So the thing is that's, that's most upsetting to me is that they are fearful of offending people. But they are obviously picking and choosing who they fear the most right. in offending and that's you know that's not your job you're the associated press you're the news yeah. your your job is to report and you i mean they are stifling their own freedoms that's exactly right and i don't understand why they would be doing that they're cutting off their nose to spite their face and it really is when you forego your right your freedom to exercise the press to exercise your freedom of speech you're damaging the institution itself. And also, wouldn't it be better if they were to just say, hey, look, generally, we're, we're, we are a big fan of free speech. We are a big fan of freedom of the press. But because of the threat of violence, we're afraid. So that's why we published the pictures of Piss Christ. And we're not going to publish the Charlie Hebdo pictures because we're coward we're afraid i would have more respect for that than this jockeying for position trying to make up excuses well and it's just weird that they're not standing on the right side here it's very clear where the right side is and it's not even about you know people are trying to make this about the the same kind of ben affleck thing the bigotry toward muslims and it's it's not that and people need to learn the distinction between an attack on people and an attack on ideas. That's exactly right. And what happened today was an attack on people. Now, Because of ideas. Right. And, and ideas are able to be attacked. You can, you can talk about the foolishness right. that is within all religions. That's perfectly something you can criticize. You can make jokes. All these things are free to happen. But you can't attack human beings you can't kill them yeah that's that's not something that's okay and even criticizing the the human beings their belief they're separate from their belief system we're not saying and i don't think anyone is saying that muslims are bad people or that not most of or them, that no. christians are bad people not that most jews of them, are no. bad people not most of them. and it's the ideas that are bad that's exactly right that's it it's the ideas that and, are bad and look if if, if religion is a horse race toward for whoever is the worst. Islam's in the lead right now. Because as shitty as Christianity is in so many ways, right now in our society, people are not killing other people because of differing opinions about Christianity. I don't ever feel any apprehension about criticizing Christianity while sitting in front of this microphone. However... I do have to think, wow, you, you know, I could get myself in trouble by talking about the fact that Muhammad 
had sex with a nine-year-old girl, and he's a child-molesting murderer. That I have to think about. That that's that's a possibility for me. What what a bummer that, that I might be in danger by insulting their barbaric person that they they laud and love so much. The closest thing for me, like if I had my own Prophet Muhammad, mm-hmm. it would be like Christopher Hitchens. Yes. And let's say that, you know, someone said something terrible about Christopher Hitchens or they did some cartoons of him in pornographic poses or as uh, Bill Donahue in his column here, he says that they also, uh, Charlie Abdo also did some illustrations of nuns masturbating and popes wearing condoms if they did comics of christopher hitchens masturbating or him wearing condoms that would be funny it would be kind of funny and And i think think that even he would think it was funny that's what i was just gonna say i think that he would enjoy those cartoons about himself particularly the pornographic poses one (laughs) and you know it just i mean i get upset whenever someone says something negative about christopher hitchens but who am i to tell them that they can't say it or who am i to obstruct them how are you who are you to even suggest that they don't do that right of course you wouldn't do why that. would i take any measure at all to do anything to that person to make them stop saying what they're saying i love him i think he is the greatest human ever (laughs) and my belief is good enough for me and if you don't feel that way all right so to those who would agree that maybe charlie Hebdo should should have refrained from publishing these cartoons just know that you're on the side of people like bill donahue from the catholic league and what did his statement say He said, killing in response to insult, no matter how gross, must be unequivocally condemned. That is why what happened in Paris cannot be tolerated. But neither should we tolerate the kind of intolerance that provoked this violent reaction. Those who work at this newspaper have a long and disgusting record of going way beyond the mere lampooning of public figures. And this is especially true of their depictions of religious figures. For example... They have shown nuns masturbating and popes wearing condoms. They have also shown Muhammad in pornographic poses. While some Muslims today object to any depiction of the prophet, others do not. Moreover, visual representations of him are not prescribed by the Quran. What unites Muslims in their anger against Charlie Hebdo is the vulgar manner in which Muhammad has been portrayed. What they object to is being intentionally insulted over the course of many years. On this aspect, I am in total agreement with them. They, jackass Bill Donahue, they are not being insulted. Their ideas are being insulted. There's a difference. And even if they were being insulted, there's no justification for murdering 12 people. So he went on to talk about the editor. Stefan Charbonnet? Right, and he says he was killed today in the slaughter. It is too bad that he didn't understand the role he played in his tragic death. In 2012, when asked why he insults Muslims, he said, quote, Muhammad isn't sacred to me. Had he not been so narcissistic, he may still be alive. Muhammad isn't sacred to me either, but it would never occur to me to deliberately insult Muslims by trashing him. 
Anti-Catholic artists in this country have provoked me to hold many demonstrations, but never have I counseled violence. This, however, does not empty the issue. Madison was right when he said, liberty may be endangered by the abuse of liberty as well as the abuses of power. Liberty will not be in danger by the abuses of liberty. That's ridiculous. You know, he sounds like to me the kind of guy, and he is this type of guy, who is going to blame a rape victim for her own rape. Right. Well, he just made the point that the editor said, Muhammad isn't sacred to me. And Bill Donahue says, well, Muhammad isn't sacred to me either. He called that statement narcissistic. And then he says the same thing. Well, that right there is grounds enough to be murdered by fundamentalist Islamists. That's enough. If you do not find him sacred, you're an infidel and worthy of death. That's it. That's all it takes. You don't have to draw a cartoon. You don't have to. All you have to do is not believe what they believe. Back to Christopher Hitchens, though. Um, I posted on Facebook today, and we have a clip here of the exact same quote of something he said relative specifically to free speech. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I hope I may say comrades and friends, before your minds, I exempt myself from the speaker's kind offer of protection that was uh, so generously proffered at the opening of this evening. Anyone who wants to say anything abusive about or to me is quite free to do so and welcome, in fact, at their own risk. And, um, but before they do that, they must have taken, as I'm sure we all should, a short refresher course in the classic texts on this matter, which are John Milton's Areopagitica, Areopagitica being the great hill of Athens for discussion and free expression, um, Thomas Paine's introduction to the Age of Reason, and I would say a John Stuart Mill's essay on liberty, in which it is variously said, I'll, I'll be very daring and summarize all three of these great gentlemen of the great tradition of especially English liberty um, in one go. What they say is, it's not just the right of the person who speaks to be heard. It is the right of everyone in the audience to listen and to hear. And every time you silence somebody, you make yourself a prisoner of your own action because you deny yourself the right to hear something. In other words, your own right to hear and be exposed is as much involved in all these cases as is the right of the other to voice his or her view. So very poignant by Christopher Hitchens. It, uh, it, it, as everything he ever said was very poignant. Um, it's not only the right of the person to speak, it's the right of someone to listen to that person speak things that they don't agree with. And it goes back to the, the talks we always have about echo chambers. Do you want to live inside of an echo chamber where everyone by whom you're surrounded echoes your view that there's no divergent opinion at all? That's that's ridiculous. Right. It's interesting, though. And a pretty active enemy, if you will, of Christopher Hitchens was Bill Donahue, who you just read his statement. And it's odd that his his statement today echoes very, very nearly, very clearly and very nearly to the statement or the, the op-ed in the USA Today by Anjem Chowdhury. And if you don't remember, 
and Jim Chowdhury. We talked about him on the show uh, m- many episodes ago. But he is a radical Islam. He's a radical Islamist who lives in Great Britain. And and Jim Chowdhury, he actually posted, published an an uh, op ed, or the USA Today published his op ed today, where he said some pretty alarming things. He said, contrary to popular misconception, Islam does not mean peace, but rather means submission to the commands of Allah alone. Therefore, Muslims do not believe in the concept of freedom of expression as their speech and actions are determined by divine revelation and not based on people's desires. So it's interesting to me that he would say that about expression and all that. When the last time we talked about him on the show was a time that he appeared on CNN and this took place during a mic check. You talk about wanting the truth to prevail, but here's what bothers me. When we were setting up for our interview here, the audio engineer asked you to do what every guest does, to count to 10, to check the mic. And you started to do that, but then you said 9-11, Is this all some sort of a joke uh, to, to do that? Well, you know, if you had a sense of humor, maybe you would have laughed. Uh, it was just a sound check. You know, and you shouldn't take any of these things that seriously. Obviously, you know, I'm not a saying sense to of humor? carry out an operation. A yeah. sense of humor. We were setting, we were setting up the sound check, and I said one, two, three, four, five, nine, eleven, seven, seven, making sure that you can hear me. It's not a big issue. It's not a big deal. If you want to make it a big deal, by all means, do so. But it means it makes you look much more shallow, really, than me. <laughs> I have nothing more to say, but thank you for joining me. You're always welcome. What an arrogant jerk off. It's amazing to me that he exists under the blanket of freedom and the freedom of speech that his country provides, Great Britain. And he goes on an American network and says something like that. What if someone was to go on a a network and start proclaiming dates that many Muslims were murdered? That would be a problem. I, 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 I venture to say that people would probably be murdered because of something like that. Well, he ends his op-ed in USA Today saying, So why in this case did the French government allow the magazine Charlie Hebdo to continue to provoke Muslims, thereby placing the sanctity of its citizens at risk? It is time that the sanctity of a prophet revered by up to one quarter of the world's population was protected. The sanctity of the prophet. If he is such a sanctified character... Why does he what what why does his his sanctity diminish because of some stupid cartoon? Why? If he is almost a deity, if he has a bat phone to God himself, then why does a simple cartoon trample on that so much? It doesn't make any sense. In his article, I know I went from the beginning to the end, but this is just a paragraph from the middle. He says, Muslims considered the honor of the Prophet Muhammad to be dearer to them than that of their parents or even themselves. To defend, it is considered to be an obligation upon them. The strict punishment, if found guilty of this crime under Sharia, Islamic law, is capital punishment implementable by an Islamic state. This is because the messenger Muhammad said, quote, whoever insults a prophet, kill him. Right. And you know, he, he has no bones about, about right. saying this. Well, he also said this. 
as Muslims, the East and the West would one day be governed by the Sharia. Indeed, we believe that one day the flag of Islam will fly over the White House. Indeed, the flag of Islam will, will fly over the White House. This is, this is the guy, just to remind you and to refresh your memory, who is a giant supporter of ISIL in the Middle East. Well, and how nice for him that he is given the opportunity to publish an op-ed in USA Today. Right. Without fearing for his life. Right. Because he has the ability to speak freely and say the terrible things that he wants to say. And again, he, he also is a coward. On something a little lighter, um, Conan, Conan O'Brien on his show tonight did have something um, poignant to say. As many of you know, there was a uh, terrible tragedy in France today. Twelve people were killed because a satirical newspaper made jokes that some group found offensive. Now, obviously, everyone here, all of us, are accustomed to bad news from around the world. But this story really hits home for anyone who day in and day out mocks political, social, and religious figures. In this country, we just take it for granted that it's our right to poke fun at the untouchable or the sacred. But today's tragedy in Paris reminds us very viscerally that it's a right some people are inexplicably forced to die for. So uh, it is very important tonight that I express that everybody who works at our comedy show, and believe it or not, this is a comedy show. That's what we we're trying to do here. All of us are terribly sad for the families of those victims, for the people of France, and for anyone in the world tonight who now has to think twice before making a joke. It's not the way it's supposed to be. So we'll move on now. We'll try to do a show. We'll do a show. We'll do a, a good show. We'll do a great show. It's true. You shouldn't have to worry about making a joke about being murdered. And murdered at the hands of people who, look, whether C.J. Worleman believes it or not, there are... You know, it, it strikes me, we've talked about him in the past, the, the plagiarist, uh, C.J. Worleman, who is always at odds with, with what he calls new atheists. But it strikes me as odd that on days like this, and during the Sydney siege, and every time there's a terrorist attack, he says something like, well, there's only three, you know, these three people, well, there's 1.6 billion Muslims, these three, they don't change the fact that blah, blah, blah. But then there was one, one in Sydney and three here, maybe more. There were 19 hijackers. There are, what, 50,000 members of ISIL. It's not just one or two. There are, if there, if 10% of Islam is radicalized, we're talking about, you know, half the population of the United States. Well, and people always make this this error in thinking, I think is what it is, because when we talk about Christians and we talk about Christians, for example, um, disrespecting homosexuals, being against homosexuality, it's not all Christians, but it's within the Christian doctrine. Right. And Islam is very much the same. Muslims, we're not disrespecting Muslims, but these ideas are within the doctrine of the faith. Right. So for him to... to they clearly are. It's inarguable. You cannot get away from it. They're in the doctrine of the faith. And he's making 
a different argument, I think, than what the opponents of, you know, situations like this are making when it happens. Well, like his his uh, I would assume good buddy Ben Affleck. We talked about this on the show. Well, no, it no, really is. I'm not denying not, that that certain people are bigoted against Muslims as people, that's, right. and that's a that's problem. Big of you, but the. But why yeah, are you we so have hostile to, about this? It's, it's gross. It's racist. It's, it's not. So it's but it's so nuts. It's so. It's like saying it's those so not your shifty Jew. You're not listening Absolutely to not. what well, we are saying. You guys are saying but, if you want to be liberals, believe in liberal principles right. like freedom of speech, like right. um, you know we are endowed by our uh, forefathers with an inalienable right. All men are created. No, Ben, we have to be able to criticize bad ideas. And of course we Islam, do. No liberal doesn't okay, want to okay. criticize bad but ideas. Islam but why would is the motherload of bad ideas? Jesus. So we have we have like. I couldn't agree with that sentiment more. And I think he may have backed away, Sam Harris, a little bit from mother, uh, the mother load of ideas comment. But what's worse right now? What's worse? Well, I think he probably meant it in just talking about religion overall. Right. But, I mean, would Ben Affleck have the same reaction if Sam Harris had been talking about Scientology? No. He of he wouldn't not. he wouldn't feel like that's as severe. But again, he wouldn't be criticizing Tom Cruise. He would be criticizing the ideas within the Scientology that's belief exactly system. Right, and there's a difference. But the the difference is where it relates to to Islam, is that you don't have to worry if you write a satirical article or draw a cartoon about Tom Cruise and Scientology. You don't have to worry about dying. The, the One reason they don't get exposed is because they're afraid to speak out. Because that's, it's the only oh. it's the because it's the that's only it. religion that acts like the mafia that will fucking kill you that, if you say the wrong true. thing, I mean, draw the wrong picture, or write the wrong book. So you do yeah. have, and that's, yeah. that's you do have. This, there's a reason why Ian Hersey Ali needs bodyguards twenty four seven. That element of fear as well, but you that couldn't be more true. Well, and Sam Harris posted, his, reposted, I guess I should say, his blog entitled On the Freedom to Offend an Imaginary God. And he noted that he received a, a death threat within five minutes. Right. Within five I thought it was 30. And then when you said that, it reminded me that you're right. It's It was five minutes that he received a death threat, which can't, it can't be taken lightly. It cannot be taken lightly. No. As evidenced by what took place yesterday in France. And people have been talking about these these artists. These artists knew what they were doing. This Absolutely. this building had been firebombed, I believe in 2011, yep. and they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were putting out there, but they didn't care because they were champions of free speech. In in 2012, um Stephen Charbonnet had this to say. We are provocative today. Uh, we will be provocative tomorrow, and uh, it's our job. Why do you do this? I do this because it's our job to uh, to to draw about uh, uh, actuality. About the news. About news, yeah. Our job is not to defend uh, freedom of speech, but uh, without freedom of speech, uh, we are dead. Uh, we can't. We can't live in a country uh, without uh, freedom of speech. Uh, I prefer to die than uh, uh, live like a, a rat. I don't know. 
And to be afraid of being yeah, speaking. I haven't the right, uh, the, the time to be afraid. I have a, a paper to do. He was also quoted as saying, I don't have kids, no wife, no car, no credit. Maybe it's a little pompous to say, but I'd rather die standing than live on my knees. And it, like you said in that clip, it's not his job to defend free speech. And it certainly might not have been, but it is certainly a, uh, a part-time gig. Not always is it your job to do something, but it, it just, it's a side duty that comes along. It comes with the territory. He may not he may not have been defending free speech, but he was certainly practicing it and did not in any way deserve what come his way. Um, very briefly, and we'll wrap this up, um, Brittany and I were, were in somewhat of an email back and forth with someone today. Brittany had sent a, a, uh, a Christopher Hitchens link relative to free speech, and this was the response that... Um, Hitch is excellent, as usual. I'm sure it comes as no surprise. I believe in the cardinal rule of comedy. Nothing sacred. But when one desecrates the sacred, one must also assume the consequences. I think this is a dangerous idea, a dangerous sentiment. What consequences must you assume? If you make a joke about someone's mythology... If you make a joke about someone's political beliefs, should you assume the consequences that you could possibly be murdered? That it, it just that's a dangerous thing. And I don't want anybody to fall into this because we have a right, a fundamental, intrinsic, unalienable right to believe as we want to believe and speak as we want to speak. I think more people feel that way than we would like i guess more people feel the way that the thing i just read right um in 2006 i just found some data that was done on the 2006 cartoon controversy oh right and they surveyed what's to blame they asked people that had heard about the controversy what's to blame is it muslim intolerance or is it western disrespect and the United States, 60% of people said it's Muslim intolerance. 20% said it's Western disrespect. And France, the majority, 67% Muslim intolerance. Germany, 62% Muslim intolerance. But then in Jordan, Egypt, Indonesia, Turkey, Nigerian Muslims, Spanish Muslims, French Muslims, British Muslims, German Muslims... The vast majority say that it is Western disrespect. So right. there's this giant divide sure. between, well, what's to blame? It's definitely problematic and it's not going to be worked out anytime soon. But it is, uh, I'm always going to come down on the right of free speech, even if it offends me. And I, it takes a lot. I don't know that I can be offended, but uh, I'm always going to come down on the right of free speech. Always. Because nothing that you say can be a murderable offense. Nothing. So, let's, uh, let's get to something less heavy than that. How about that? <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Uh, it's just there's a lot of things that need to be talked about. I mean, we're having a show like this. We are in the business of free speech. And it's important. 
even if you don't have a show, even if you don't have a podcast, you don't have a platform, your right to free speech is still just as important as mine. And mine is just as important as someone who owns a magazine. We're all equal on this field. All of us. And that doesn't mean that we're free from criticism either. No. Hashtag save a mic, ban B page. That's what's... <laughs> we never talked about that, did we? No. We, there was an errant tweet from someone with no followers. So really, we're just giving this guy, we're, we're giving this guy a little bit of uh, publicity. Um, I don't know why you would have a Twitter account and be tweeting when you have no followers. No one's going to see it unless you tweet to someone. Anyway, this guy tweeted and he said, I listened, uh, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but I listened the first and caught the Dollamore show for the first and last time today. And he, rather than shitting on me, which is usually par for the course, he attacked Brittany. Yeah, it was the first time yeah. that someone's attacked me. Which is wild because you're the metered voice of reason. I mean, I think I'm reasonable, obviously. Fuck you guys. Crickets. <laughs> But uh, he he was trying to get a hashtag going, and the only reason it got going is because I retweeted it, and I think Jeremy from Nerd Out Loud podcast retweeted it. Um, but the hashtag was save a mic, ban B page, all one word: save a mic, ban B page. And I, we laughed our asses off. I thought it was super funny. Yeah, it was great. I just wish that there would have been a valid criticism of me. It's gone now. He deleted it. Oh, what a dick, really? Uh, I just tried to go find it. Um, but it said something about how adult doesn't rhyme with bolt. Well, one, as you pointed out, it does. Adult and bolt, those two things rhyme. So I don't know when I was rhyming or rapping on the show, but apparently I did. And apparently I used adult and bolt and this very much upset him. Well, maybe we should ask the audience because I don't remember. I don't remember. I run my mouth a lot, so I can't be held accountable for the things I say. I don't. It doesn't seem like my character to be talking about words that rhyme. So I don't. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, great hashtag. I tweeted it myself because I thought it was very funny. Yeah, so. of course. Dollamocracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So apparently Ben Carson, the potential 2016 GOP candidate, is under fire for possibly being a dirty, filthy, thieving plagiarist. Several sections of potential Republican presidential candidate Dr. Ben Carson's 2012 book, America the Beautiful, were plagiarized from various sources. In many cases, Carson cites the works that he plagiarizes in endnotes, though he makes no effort to indicate that not just the source, but the words themselves had been taken from different authors. In one instance, Carson cites wholesale from an old website that has been online since at least 2002. Social 
Oh, socialismsucks.net. Sorry, it took me a while to figure out what it said. <laughs> socialismsucks.net. Yeah, it seems like a great source. Well, one, listen, we talked we talk all the time about going to good sources, you know, don't go to addicting info or green science or all these. A new one is real pharmacy with an F. Oh yeah, realpharmacy.com. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. He not only went to one that is that is not credible, he it's a dot net. I mean, goddamn. Well, what's he doing? Yeah, it's like he's taking advice from the guy who created the hashtag to diss me. So, so when this website, this long, it's a long time website. Clearly, it's like from 1996 because who has a .net address? Right. In another example, he plagiarizes from two authors who works he mentions in passing at earlier points in the book, a conservative historian who died in 2006, and another conservative historian who Carson thanks in the acknowledgments for helping get his book published. His book sold less than a thousand copies when it was first published in 2012, and then after his speech in 2013, it exploded, and the book sold 46,000 copies in six weeks. Less than a thousand copies. That's terrible. I think I could write a book that could sell more than a thousand copies. Well, maybe they saw that he was referencing socialismsucks.net. Socialismsucks.net, everybody. And here's the thing. I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, when you're talking about plagiarism. So apparently he used like exact wording from the sources, which even if you're saying where you got the sources from, you can't do that. You need to use different wording and you can still reference where you got it from, but you cannot word it the exact same. Sure. And you can't just change like and and but. You need to change the sentence. These are basic rules of... Guarding yourself from plagiarism accusations. Right. What's interesting to me is, does the the author of of socialismsucks.net, is he such a prolific author that Ben Carson couldn't, uh, <laughs> couldn't, like, oh my God, there's no better way to write this than the way the author did it. I, there's, I can't reword it. This is the best it could be. I don't know. <laughs> well, needless to say, this is one more... Well, you would hope that this would be one more nail in the coffin of Ben Carson, the metaphorical political coffin of of Ben Carson, because uh, we don't need this guy. We don't need this guy to be president of the United States. And finally, I think we're going to wrap it up with the hilarious... That's just jamming. That is jamming, son. So the asshole of the day, it's not one particular asshole. It is a group of assholes who follow a particular asshole. It's the fans of Kanye West. Right. So Kanye West recently collaborated with Paul McCartney on a new single called Only One. And Kanye West fans didn't know who Paul McCartney is. <laughs> it's almost one of those things like toward the end of the year when when uh, every year comes around and people tweet, oh, I can't believe the the earth has gone around the 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 sun 2015 times or, you know, that kind of bullshit. It's almost like you you don't quite believe that it was going on. But I looked at many of the tweets and then looked at subsequent tweets or or previous tweets from those particular individuals 
they didn't know. These are dumb people. Right. So one person tweeted, I don't know who Paul McCartney is, but Kanye is going to give this man a career with this new song. And this has 2,263 retweets and 1,136 favorites. Then another person tweeted, Kanye has a great ear for talent. This Paul McCartney guy is going to be huge. (laughs) Someone else said, who... The F is Paul McCartney. This is why I love Kanye for shining light on unknown artists. It's so awesome. How is this even possible? Didn't Paul McCartney lose like almost a half a billion dollars in his divorce to Heather Mills? I don't know. The peg leg? I don't know. She's a pirate, right? She has only one leg. Yeah. I don't know if that makes someone a pirate, but... I think so. Mm, That's the definition of pirate? Yes, person with peg leg you lose a leg and then you're automatically a pirate that's actually kind of cool i think what happens is when you like like a lot of iraq veterans i have friends who've lost limbs that as soon as the leg gets amputated their speech even they start talking like a pirate wow i i've never heard this before this is fact it's science look it up I'm concerned about believing what you have to say. Why? Why? I don't know. I've been so serious this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been a very serious character. You have. You have. I'm a serious person. Mm. So what I'm saying right now is serious. Okay. And it needs to be heated. Okay. So someone needs to play some wings for these people, right? Get a little jet for them. And, you know, I'm, I'm of course, skipping over the Beatles because, you know, who cares about that? Yeah. I uh, I don't think that they're probably big Beatles fans, nor are they Wings fans. And what was the other one you said? Well, Jet is the name of a Wings song. Oh, 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 I thought that was a band. It's about a dog. About a dog. Right. Is it a three-legged dog? No. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, is that it? Do you have anything else? Are you just happy that I'm going to finally go to the dentist? Um, I cannot wait for you to go to the dentist, preferably if they put you in some kind of pain. Wow. What? That's a bold, that's a bold uh, statement. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. You sounded like you were really and I, kidding. And I hope that they definitely shorten the appointments and that it also requires less appointments. All right. Well, we'll leave it there, everybody. There were, we had actually an entire show planned with other topics that had been suggested to us by listeners, and we had to abandon that. So we'll have to get to that next time. We love you for listening. We say it every single episode. It doesn't become any less true. If you'd like to buy a book on Amazon, from any of the authors we've we've previously mentioned, even the the, the lovely Ben Carson, <laughs> the plagiarizing Ben Carson, um, you can do so on Amazon. Dollamore.com up in the top right hand corner, or actually, if even if you click on any link on the website going to a to a to an episode, there will be a a a an Amazon search bar where you can buy a book written by Christopher Hitchens or Sam Harris. Or the aforementioned Ben Carson. Maybe there'll even be some Anjem Chowdhury in there, huh? If you want. Yeah, I guess, you know, everybody needs to to not live inside an echo chamber. Like Sun Tzu said in The Art of War, it's you need to know your enemy like you know yourself. Right. <laughs> so anyway, that can be done there. There's also a link to patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. 
We love you. We appreciate you listening. 657-464-7609. That is the number to call if you have anything to add to anything we said today, even if it is dissenting, especially if it is dissenting. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been yet another episode of I Doubt It. Without freedom of speech, uh, we are dead. We can't, we can't live in a country uh, without uh, freedom of speech.